Hello and welcome. We're in the weeds. It's Wednesday, April 26th. Jeremy Lambert, are you enjoying that intro as much as I am every single time it plays? I know you are. It's so funny. Like, I do like it. I'm not going to lie and say that. Like, I dislike it. If I disliked it that much, I'd be like, can we, we got to change this? Like, no, we're, we're done with this. But it does make me laugh and smile. So I can't say that I dislike it at all. It's, it's good. Are you okay, Joel Pearl? My allergies are acting up like mad, and I forgot to take allergy meds today. So I'm going to be looking awful throughout the show i apologize in advance this is what i get worst thing you usually look that's you know not oh, great. i know i'm sleep deprived i'm allergy suffering put me out of my misery jeremy i mean if, if i had the choice if i could find somebody else to do this show with then you know can you find you can you line up your own replacement and then you can just you can just go like i gotta approve of them first i just don't want to put the work into you know, find your replacement. So you put the work in to find who's going to put you out of your misery, who will do this show with me. And then we'll just move on, Joel. I feel like this is good. We made it five episodes. We're, we're good. We had a good run. You and I together. I mean, I'm still going to do this show, but you and I together had a good run of five episodes. Yeah. I feel like our success can be predicated on the, uh, the fact that for five weeks or for five episodes, not five weeks, we have coexisted. Uh, no, uh, no, no shade at, at Rob and Maggie, who host coexisting on this channel on Fridays at uh, they do three thirty on this channel. Three, they three. Do, no one does three thirty. Why do I keep saying that people do shows at three thirty? It's real bad. Yeah, I don't know. We we should we add a three thirty show? I don't feel like we Absolute, have enough stuff going on. on no, this channel. never. We should never do. Why that. Nope. add more shows? Just like we can add more titles. Just add add stuff to everything. More titles. More shows. More personalities. Overbooked here on Fightful. Well, you uh, hit the nail on the head. If we add more titles, maybe we'll have some consolation prizes. <sighs> Let's so let's Triple H. yeah let's set this up. Triple yeah. H on Raw comes out. They're doing tight shots of him as as he's getting in the ring, and I'm like, oh, I know what's in the ring. There's yeah. there's a table and a belt. There's 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 a prop there on that there table in that ring, and they're not going to show you until it's time. So because of the tight shots, I'm like, oh, it's the new title. It's all it can be. And then that's what he introduces the new World Heavyweight Championship. It looks like the Bruno belts. I know everyone's saying it looks like something else, but no, it looks like the old bruno wwf belt from the 80s from the 70s even uh they just kind of modernized it with a little big gold flare anyway here it is it exists what do we think i mean there's a lot of lot of conversation around it jeremy so we may as well dig right into it and uh, by the way chat if you hear hello how are you it's good to see you um a lot coming on today, a lot going on today. Sam Adonis is going to be joining us at 10.30, talking about uh, his life in pro wrestling, talking about Demand Lucha in Toronto that's happening on Thursday. That, that, that show is also on IWTV, so that's why we're also talking about it. And uh, later on, we're going to be talking CM Punk with uh, the other Chicago Phil. Grapsity's own Phil Lindsay is going to join us around 11 a.m. Eastern, talking about that. And I'm sure there's tons of of other stuff to talk about we're going to talk about uh aw preview but uh if you want to donate a super chat get your question statement read on the air any amounts go ahead support us so that jeremy has no excuse to fire me as we get to in the weeds episode 100 someday are we gonna make it 100 episodes wouldn't that be great i mean we do three of these a week yeah true I'm not gonna take that long for us to hit 100 episodes yeah 
that's that's true that's true you know what we should we should do like just before we we get to i think we got to get to 100 no matter what even if like we're we're just done and everyone realizes that the show should end by like episode 90 we just got to get to 100 just to just to hit 100 no matter what right like even even if it's run its course by episode 90 it's like no let's just get to 100 but then episode 95 we introduce in the weeds digging deeper and i don't know who hosts it i don't know who does it but we we give that to to them we 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 give in the weeds digging deeper to somebody else like here we go in the weeds digging deeper for for everybody i feel like this is good in the weeds ear no stop it i already had a good idea don't 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 be like those people on on twitter this this annoys me of i all my ideas are great by the way every single one of them i've never had a bad idea in my life no never all my ideas are great and then the people like to jump in like well what if we did this instead no Stop it. My idea is already good. I don't need you to try to improve on it. Knock it off. So you don't like idea toppers either, eh? No, idea topping's dumb. Just like, even if my idea is bad, if, even if I'm just trolling, which they're not, and I never do that. Just let me have my idea and and don't don't piggyback off of it like you know what they should actually do is this no you have your own twitter go go throw your idea out on your your social media on sky blue but that's it's blue whatever the new sky, sky blue is the uh aw woman who is going to win blood and guts for her team in a few weeks when that gets oh. announced okay yes yeah. just just stop it just stop it all right this new title joel this new title it's it's the worst thing they could have done it's the absolute worst thing they could have done. I can't I can't defend this. I'll try to put a positive spin on it. I don't want anybody coming in here and be like, oh, you guys are negative about everything. That's that's a that's a different show. Uh I so I'll try to put a positive spin spin on it. It's not good though. It, it's not because you're basically saying one, Roman's just smarter than everybody. Because he's like, hey, you know what? I ain't showing up to defend this title all the time. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take my days off. I only show up to work whenever I want. You can't do anything about it. One shout out to Roman Reigns. He's smart as shit for doing that. Two, it's like oh this this is the title that's going to be the workhorse title. This is the one. This is a champion you can be proud. Of. Are we not proud of the guy who's held this title for a thousand days? We can't be proud of this guy who you shook his hand two weeks ago and I acknowledge you, Roman Reigns. We're not proud. Of that guy, I'd be proud of this the, the person who gets this title now. And because nobody could beat Roman Reigns for the title, now we have to give this person this belt. They have two belts. Nobody told them to unify the titles to a year ago with, with Brock Lesnar. Nobody told them to do that. That was a Vince McMahon call. Triple H had opportunities to split them at any point. At any point, he could have done it. And I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's cowardly. He's cowardly that he never, he didn't take the belt off of Reigns. He's cowardly when he didn't do it with, with McIntyre, which fine. I kind of get that one. That one did feel like, eh, let's not be a prisoner of the moment 
when it comes to Drew McIntyre, just because we're in Cardiff and it seems like this is a good time for it. Sammy, very cowardly not to do it there. That was not prisoner of the moment. That was the story makes sense. The moment is there. Everything aligns for Sammy to do it. That wasn't prisoner of the moment. Still coward. So cowardly they did it. Extremely, extremely Dylan Brooks level after game four won't talk to the media level cowardly of not putting the title on Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania had plenty of opportunities could have done i know everybody threw out the the theories of like oh well cody can just win one of the time i did too after the fact but i said it from the start of whenever roman loses he should lose both belts that's how it should be done that's how it makes the most sense that's what puts the most importance on it but if this was your option if this is what you were going to go with in the end of just let's introduce essentially a third title then I would have been fine if you'd done, oh, it was written in the contract that it was only the WWE title. Oh, Sammy's only challenging for the Universal title. Oh, Cody, my idea was, Cody's just like, I don't care about that Universal title. You keep that as a reminder that if I wanted that, I could have had that too when I beat you at WrestleMania. I'm all about this WWE title. That's the one that's eluded my family. That's the one that I want. Let me give you even more. You have Cody go over at WrestleMania, and then you have him say, I'm now the guy and I'm so serious about being on both shows and defending both titles that he continuously does it. He, he defends each, but he does it separately. He's like on, on SmackDown. I defend the, the uh, universal championship on raw. I defend the WWE world heavyweight championship, but he does it so often. And he's such a workhorse that eventually one of those title matches fails, not immediately, but eventually he works himself so hard that he loses that first match and he drops the universal championship. And then he goes exclusively with the the black and gold title that he always wanted. It wasn't a hard story to tell. You give him that title and let him go hard with it. Both titles, let him go hard with it for three to six months. And then eventually he drops that one of those heavyweight championships, the universal championship in this case to somebody who's, who's willing and someone who's, who's in that spot. It could have been Seth. It could have been Seth Rollins down the line, they do their fourth match. Seth finally gets his win back, and that's that's a moment. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just spitballing, it, and it doesn't make anyone look stupid in this case because Cody gets the rub of having both championships. He gets the he doesn't look like a dumb babyface by wanting to defend at all opportunities, and the only way that he quote looks stupid is that he went too hard. And you know what? Darby Allen did the same thing with his TNT championship run. He went too hard and eventually dropped the title, but he didn't look stupid when he dropped it. He just looked like he, he took on too much, bit off more than he could chew, and he lost the title. You could have done it like that. But instead, no, we're in the, we're in the third inning. We have heat. But the problem is there's no, there's no heat because the guy with the heat is never on the show, but he's always he's talked about on the shows. So you keep him in your head. But like, there's this weird... This weird feeling that I get in that Triple H is slowly not writing himself in as a character, but I know that, you know, he comes out and he talks about, you know, giving the title or, or shaking and acknowledging Roman's hand, shaking Roman's hand, acknowledging him. I'm on no sleep. So you had to forgive my, my words this morning. Uh, but then also says, you know, oh, the guy's here. He made a great deal, but also he never shows up to work. So LOL, he sucks. It almost makes me feel like Roman's going to show up the night after Backlash or the SmackDown after Backlash and be like, oh, 
So the boss has a problem with me, huh? Oh, how about I enter that competition in Saudi Arabia? And how about I win that world championship? And then LOL, you suck, Triple H. I have all the gold. Like, feels to me like they might go that way. And I know someone then, someone hit a meme with this. This was very funny where it was like 2023 draft, Triple H unveils that that new title. And then it shows flash forward Neta champions and he's got the new belt. And then the same thing, 2024 new belt, Neta Roman's got the belt again, 2025. So they did the three years. And I thought that was hilarious. But there's a part of me that's like, maybe maybe you have Roman take that, that new world championship and it's just like anytime a title is unveiled for Saudi, it never gets used again. You know, the greatest Royal Rumble being the only time that this has happened. Uh, so we could lean on that. Uh, either way, it's just a stupid unveiling. It was not a good reveal. It was not a good reason. God bless Seth Rollins for trying so, to retcon yeah. it, look a little better, but who? Not fun. The reasoning is like, the most upsetting part. Yeah. Seth did a better job like, giving a reason than, than Roman or uh, than triple H did. But, but this is, this is the thing with the, the, the reasoning on it is they booked themselves into this corner and they didn't have to do it. No one told them to introduce this other title. No one told them to, to, you know, put Roman over everybody. They got it done. They could have changed this, at any time they could have figured this out at any time and this was their best idea like they, this is you got all these writers you got the uh, triple h who's been around the business for however many years now you got his uh his his fruit basket booking and this was their best ideas on there like what what are we doing here if your best idea is just hey let's introduce a new world title to all of this when you already have two titles you already have two titles and now the undisputed is now disputed i guess because there's another champion um let me let me throw out let me throw out a positive for you here joel pearl i do think it is good that they will have the championships on separate brands now i i think that is it especially because roman just isn't showing up for for every show I think I think it's good that you will have a champion on SmackDown and you will have a champion on Raw. I like that. I would like to see, uh, you know, when this draft happens on Friday, I would like to see a very hard split of things. I, I would like to see that. I would like to see the single brand pay per views return as well, especially because the pay per views are shorter, which is good. I don't need five hour pay per views anymore give some guys and girls more opportunity on just the single brand when it comes to getting on these shows because a lot of these people aren't used like on the show you look at the backlash card and like i don't know if gunther is gonna be on backlash and it seems like you know gunther with the reins he's had he he should probably be wrestling sort of every single pay-per-view at at this point so i would like to see uh, a split brand when it comes to to pay-per-views and do single brand premium live events is what they're calling them now I, I would like to see that so i do like there will be a champion on each show you know triple h tried with trying to make the ic title more important and the u.s title more important and he has elevated it. i don't want to take away from like what he was able to to do in elevating them but no one actually saw them as like hey this is the world title it was still like roman reigns 
Oh, that that's the positive I got is that at least we are going to get champions on each show and we're not worried about like when's this guy like our champion just ain't showing up for most of these events. But now you got let's say Roman Reigns is drafted to to SmackDown. You got this SmackDown talent like wait a second. This guy don't show up. What am I what title am I going after here? I guess now you still got to go after the IC and the US title. So that that becomes sort of its whole other issue is like, hey, I want to go on Raw where like the champion's there. Maybe I can win the world title. Or maybe some talent is like, no, I want to beat Roman Reigns. I want to be the guy who ends that streak. We're going to have a lot of draft talk on Friday uh, yes. for the show because that will be the kickoff to the WWE draft. But uh, I mean, a couple of things that I want to hit on. Number one, with Gunther, it feels like they're priming him to be opposite Roman Reigns. So on the on the opposite brand as the anchor talent, as the anchor champion, while Roman's gone, and that's fine with me. I'm, I'm, I'm so not opposite. He'll be on the same brand as Roman, yeah. but he would be the, the anchor champion, uh, which is fine with me because that builds Gunter and that continues to build the prestige of the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I'm as to who he could face at Backlash. I mean, they could run back Gunter and Woods, but I don't think they will. Um, I don't think he's going to be on Backlash. I think this is just a show that he's just. It's next week. I mean, I and they've already got. They like to keep pay per views at like six matches or so and i they've already kind of filled that up so i just don't i think it's just going to be event he misses which i don't mind when the these talents like miss events because i don't want them to just overstack a lot of these shows but this is why i would like i would like the split pay-per-views to return it's like okay well there's now a reason why your intercontinental champion is not on this show and it does open up more opportunities for the mid card people to be on more premium live events. Yeah. And you, and you brought up a good point. It, they like to keep the, the shows a little bit shorter, a little bit trimmer and neater uh, on top of that. You have the U S championship match is going to be the big meaty men match. And that's typically what Gunter has been doing for the last little while. So it, it makes sense. Give them a breather. Let the other, you know, let the other championship have a, a showcase and, um, the other listen i'll give you another hot take i think cody's gonna wind up on the same brand as roman reigns because i think we're still i think we're still doing that match again how it plays out i don't know but it feels to me like the winner of the world championship the new one i don't think cody's gonna be involved he didn't talk about it he didn't seem to care about it it was very much a a seth he he shouldn't he should not care about he he should want to be the champion of the, hold the title that he wanted originally, not the consolation prize. He shouldn't say so much as that, but just ignoring it is good enough for me in case of like try, not, not trying to downplay the new title, but still make it relevant for the television show it winds up on. Oh, I agree. I don't think Cody should be the first champion. I know people in the chat are, are kind of saying, well, and there was a lot of discussion about that when the title was introduced. I don't think Cody should win that title. It should not be about like, hey, we just kind of created just so Cody can have it because his goal has been the WWE title. Why does he care about this one? It was my point. I said, like, why does he care about the universal title? He rarely mentioned it. He has no attachment to these titles. Like, they're they're good. They're fine. But the story for him has been has been the WWE championship. I think Seth makes the most sense when it comes to the first champion uh, with this, but kind of the same thing for him is like Seth cares and should care about beating Roman more than, than this title. Like that is sort of Seth's story, Seth's end game, not so much 
this title. I know Seth wants to be like the workhorse and he wants to go out there and he wants to be a fighting champion, but this title doesn't, doesn't feel like it's part of his story, even though he does make a lot of sense for, to, to win it. Uh, Just put the, put, put the belt on Omos. Just give him the title. Yes. You see it now. Uh, I'm fine with it. Sure. I mean, listen, you could put it on Dominic Mysterio. Ah, look, that's the best heel in the business right there. So they should they should go with that. They should go with old Dom Dom. Dom and Rhea with their two titles and everything. Yeah, that's what I'm all about this. I'm still, you know, there's one Roman Reigns match, feud, whatever you want to call it, that I'm still waiting on. And that's his match impending with Sheamus. They didn't do this iteration. They haven't re, they haven't rekindled that feud. They haven't done a, a world title match between Sheamus and, and Roman Reigns. And now the alignment is different. You have the bloodline. You have the brawling brutes. Like there's there is potential for a story there. And they were kind of like teasing it at one point, and then they changed to the Drew stuff, and and everything kind of got tossed on its head. But Sheamus is someone that I continue to go back to. It's like when are you getting there? Because it feels like the Nakamura title match that was that never was. It feels like we're slowly getting back to that point. But what if you don't do a Sheamus match versus Roman? And we haven't seen how the SmackDown wrestlers currently on the SmackDown brand, we haven't seen how they reacted to the new title. Uh, Obviously, a lot of them want it. But what if Sheamus is the first champion? I'm okay with Sheamus being the first. He's got to win that Intercontinental title, though. I, I think, and this is, I think the end game for Sheamus seems more like the Intercontinental title. This title feels, it just feels weak. Of like, there, there are a lot of just like great wrestlers. There are a lot of good stories to potentially tell, and then just throwing this title in there. I don't know why these some of these wrestlers like like a Sheamus is like okay, sure you want to be like the world heavyweight champion. It's on paper, it sounds great, but like there's no lineage to this title. It's just, here's a title. So Sheamus' story is, to me, like he wants the Intercontinental title. Seth's story, to me, is he wants to beat Roman Reigns. That's why like somebody like Omos is like, yeah, sure, what's his story? Omos just loses a bunch of matches. Why wouldn't he want to be like world heavyweight champion? There's no, there's no bigger heavyweight than, than Omos. So, sure, why wouldn't he want that? Like Xavier Woods wants just like a singles title. Xavier Woods would be great with this belt by the way um like xavier Woods just wants a singles title it do, does like the intercontinental title make a little bit more sense yes but put this title on xavier woods like singles champion xavier woods i'm all about i'm all about that but some of these guys like the the names you're, you're throwing out is like i their story to me is not just here's this title that was just introduced now i want this belt why so I'm going to throw out one more name. Okay. And I mentioned this on Twitter last night. They spend a lot of time and, and, and and this doesn't work because of how they're trying to position the title, but the way they were talking about Brock Lesnar last night. Yeah. They kept talking about championship accolades. Like it was the most important thing he's ever done is winning world titles on various platforms. And if you want to kick off that championship, Brock Lesnar is a pretty big name to have, you know, holding it. 
unfortunately, it completely undermines the reason for the titles, uh, you know, for, for creating the title in the first place. All of a sudden, part-time Brock is going to be the champion. He ain't showing up to work every Monday or Friday, whichever one he's on. It would just be... We'd be back to square one. That's all it would be. But they kept bringing it up. So maybe there's a possibility that Brock loses in the final to whoever he faces. Could be, let's say it's Seth. Let's say it's, I, I don't know who it could be. A lot of people talking about Seth. I get it. After Monday, he was the most like front runner of front runners for that title. Doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. But it, it could very well be Brock in the final versus whoever's going to win that championship. I, I've I've seen the Brock talk, and th- that was the joke of like, oh, it's going to be somebody who's going to show up. Let's put it on Brock; he's going to show up, right? Um, I think it makes sense. Bro, we know he's he's going to sign a new deal where suddenly he is going to show up. We don't know this, <laughs> so like, it, it's entirely possible that he wins the title, and then a report comes out saying Brock Lesnar signed on, and he's going to have a six month run where he's full time, and this is it for him. We don't know that, so I'm just throwing that out there. Sorry, continue. No, nah, I like Brock makes sense if you want to like sort of make an impact of like, oh, who's your first champion? Brock Lesnar. Okay. Like Brock is Brock is Brock, right? He's untouchable at this point. So it makes sense from that. Yeah, it completely goes against look, Brock, if he signs a new deal, it ain't to show up for more dates, okay? We we know this man literally showed up the other week dressed in his his uh trench coat and his cowboy hat stood on the ramp and then walked out, walked away after two seconds. He ain't showing up to work matches on raw or anything like that. He, he was booked to work a match on raw. And instead of working the match, just attacked his partner. He ain't showing up to work these matches. So if he signs a new deal, it ain't to do more work. Um, yeah, but Brock makes sense. It does go against like, Oh, the workhorse type of thing. But if you want to get, make like an immediate impact, Brock is definitely there. Uh, like, do we think they're actually going to stick with, hey, let's we're going to make an impact with with this thing? Do we think that's going to happen? I mean, I should hope so. Uh, again, unless they they pull the Saudi Arabia deal where it's like, hey, we reward we awarded this title in Saudi, and now it's not going to ever be seen again. LOL. Bye. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the only other thing I could see. But we only have one example to go on when it comes to a championship being unveiled for Saudi Arabia. Uh, and that was the, the greatest Royal Rumble trophy. But anyway, there's going to be a lot more of this talk to come on. I know this much. Uh, joining us very shortly is uh, is the one and only Sam Adonis. Very excited for this conversation. Uh, Sam is actually going to be competing in Toronto this coming Thursday, April 27th. That's tomorrow if you're watching us live. Uh, against whom? I don't know. Maybe we can get that out of him because I know Demand Lucha, who are running the show in Toronto at Parkdale Hall. Uh, I, I don't think they've announced an opponent yet, but uh, you know what? I think he's here, and if he's ready, he can give me a thumbs up and we can get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, the AAA Raider Reyes champion and our number one babyface in all of our hearts, it's Sam Adonis. Hey, Sam, how you doing? I am wonderful. How are you two this afternoon or morning or whatever it is, whatever time of the day it is where you are? Doing all right. Doing well. Yes, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm just uh, recuperating from a very long weekend. I had four days in the West Coast, um, and then I'm home here for about 12 more hours. Then I head up to Toronto, and I'm back in Mexico this Saturday. So it's, uh, it's a crazy, crazy busy schedule these days, but it's where we all want to be, you know? Yeah, that's a wild 
grouping of, of dates to be doing. Uh, you're, you're a road warrior right now. What's, uh, what's like the must-have, must-do when you're on the road or when you're preparing to go out for a long stint like that? Uh, just be prepared. Honestly, I have, I have my, uh, my satchel, if you will, my man purse, and I have to have everything with me at all times. That's the thing that I've learned, you know, to, to be prepared with everything. Now, honestly, more than ever, I like downtime. I really enjoy just be, being in the hotel room by myself. You know, I never thought I'd get to that point because, you know, as a young wrestler, you have to travel and see all these cities and just say, hey, let's go eat here. Let's do that. You know, I've had a really, really fun career. I've been all over the world. And now I'm just so busy that I'm like, you know what? Hey, you're picking me up at six. Okay, I'll see you then. And I just shut the door and turn everybody off for a while. Jeremy? I mean, that's, yes, that, that is the way to do it. It's good to good to be prepared. All right, man purse. Do you, do you So you have the man purse. Do you have the fanny pack? That is the old school wrestler thing. Do you have the fanny pack? I started off with a fanny pack. I was a fanny pack guy for my four years in England. Right after I got released from WWE, I went to England for four years. And, uh, yeah, I was definitely a fanny packer. But I think, uh, you know, evolution of, of man bags, you know, they're a little bit better now. And there's more pockets and more spaces for everything. You can have your USB plugged into your phone while in your bag. So, it's a little bit more practical and uh yeah it's definitely it's it's big it's a little bit bigger i've seen plenty of these guys have the the fanny packs that are the size of a backpack around their waist and i think that looks kind of ridiculous so uh, i'd rather have one over my shoulder when i'm going around so it, it works perfectly for me right now before anyone points this out the uh, concept of you saying i went to the uk for four years and i wore a fanny packer or i was a fanny packer <laughs> is uh, definitely yeah, yeah, they- they don't say that there. It's a, it's a bum bag. Bum oh, bag nice. is in the UK. I forgot about that. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'll point this out in the chat. A fanny packer in England means something else. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, remain, I, I say nothing on the matter there. I, I wore a bum bag daily. So this is your uh, your third trip to Toronto coming up. Am I right? Your third time doing uh, Demand Lucha? It's my third time ever in Canada, Canada which is fun. Wow. It's really unique because I grew up in Pittsburgh. I started wrestling in Pittsburgh. Most of my independent dates, you know, 14 years ago were in the Northeast. And early, you know, a wrestler in our area's first international match would be of Canada. But when I was 21, I signed a WWE contract. So I got shipped down to Florida and then everything else happened after that. So Canada was kind of like a, a, a box left unticked until recently. And, uh, you know, demand Lucha, They've been putting on these killer shows, some of the best independent talent, as well as the best luchadors in Mexico. And then, you know, once the guys realize that, oh, my gosh, one of AAA's top heels is four hours away, let's make this happen. So it's worked out quite well. And I had a really good time. And, and I, it's amazing. I feel like I've missed out on so much because night one in Toronto, you can tell that it's a great wrestling city. The fans, they've been not spoiled, but they've been lucky enough to have great wrestling for 50 years and a variety of great wrestling. So they know what they like and they know what good is. And that just uh, makes it all more special. Yeah. Wrestling in Toronto is, or being a wrestling fan in Toronto is a very strange situation because we are spoiled in a lot of ways, but when great talent comes through or, you know, passionate promotions build up, you can see the groundswell. And I think, you know, demands one of those, uh, one of those promotions that's been building over time. So I think it's really neat that you uh, have been coming out here and doing, doing uh, some work with demand. I hope there's more, more in the cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, ha- I have a lot more dates with them coming up while I'm here. So it kind of works out well. Um, the fact that they run Thursdays almost makes it, you know, 
you can almost have to, you can guarantee I'll be there. Um, right now, you know, I have my main priority is with Lucha Libre AAA, but then my second main priority is with MLW. So those two have, you know, first and second refusal on every date I have. So a lot of times, you know, I can have a, a date agreed with for, you know, eight or 10 weeks. And then all of a sudden, two weeks before AAA decides, hey, we're doing a TV show on this day. I have to pull out, which is, you know, it's, it's unfortunate and I don't like it because I like to give a promoter my word. But at the same time, most of the people I work with, you know, they, they do understand. And that's kind of where we are as a wrestling climate these days. So it's a good problem to have. When it, when it comes to the, the refusal thing, so do you have to check in with them beforehand? Or if you book a date and then they're like, hey, we're doing this, you just got to, all right, you just got to cut that out. Exactly. So, so AAA, and this is, you know, with all due respect, and this is a lot of, you know, uh, just the way of the culture south of the border, a lot of things don't work quite the same as they do here. Um, it's a little bit more just kind of, you know, come as it goes kind of thing. And honestly, I can have a date sheet of 24 dates and I'll, I'll avoid all 24 of those dates. Out of those 24, they give me maybe 16 of them actually occur. And then the other, you know, uh, eight dates will be completely moved around and different. So it's kind of like the date sheet was obsolete from the start. Um, and a lot of times just out of nowhere, you know, you can know, okay, it happened to me a few weeks ago. Um, the, I was supposed to wrestle Eddie Kingston in Chicago, I actually Michigan. And about 10 days before the date, they said, Hey, Sam, by the way, if you're doing this date on this, I'm booked that day. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. We had you know, a promoter wanted you. So uh, it's, it kind of is what it is. But like I said, most wrestling promoters now, you know, especially on, on a, a bigger level where you're working with the international talent and stuff, you understand it. You know, we're all kind of happy to work together and make things work out. I hate pulling off of shows, but, you know, usually if there's some way I can make it up to them or, you know, get a different date later on down the line, you know, that's the risk you take knowing that you're getting some of these international talents because at the end of the day, we do have commitments to the, the people that are making us who we are. You're teaming uh, with, with Psycho Clown, who legend in 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 triple a and just in lucha in general what is it like just teaming with that man so honestly and, and then i was a bit confused when you guys said we were going to talk about being a baby face because honestly <laughs> i'm not a baby face in mexico that's that's satire that is sarcasm on all my pages so is uh, our entire channel sam <laughs> okay, okay. Fair, yes, enough, yes. fair enough so right now for the last two years i've been in a strong rivalry with psycho clown um, I don't know if you guys keep up with AAA TV, but it's been building and building and building. And I know the American wrestling fans like to talk about long-term storytelling, but you know this is about as long-term storytelling as it's gotten. So this year, Triple Mania is broadcast across three events, and the, the main stipulation that, that's attached to the, the product as a whole, as a tour, is the Guerra de Rivalidades, which means the War of the Rivals, which is like a, it's kind of like a battle bowl type situation where your tag partner is the uh is your rival so you know we've had to work together as a team and try to avoid the losses so the loser advances and the last two teams in the the tournament will end up facing off in a one-on-one hair versus hair or a mask versus mask or a mask versus hair match so uh, i don't know what's going to happen quite yet i know that uh things are heating up we were this past saturday night in tijuana and uh Without question, it was probably the, the coolest in-ring experience I've ever had. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of 80s and 70s wrestling. I like the old stuff where the fans were just coming and glued. 
there's still a lot of that in Mexico. And this past Saturday night, I mean, it was hot. We were in the middle of that ring and fighting and beating the hell out of each other. And that room was closing in on us. And I just remember being in the moment like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Wrestling doesn't have this feeling anymore. You know, and I'm pretty proud of that myself. I think it, it kind of, you know, it, it shows you the, the the value of AAA to the uh, Mexican consumers and the value of Psycho Clown because he is, you know, as the only way you can really describe him to a non-wrestling fan would be John Cena. And, and that's, you know, a really really big accolade but it's as true as it gets yeah you mentioned just now uh the the different um receptions that you get wrestling in different parts of the world is mexico and mexico being different from everyone where else in the world is wrestling like that special uh that you've experienced so me personally uh one place i really enjoyed working was germany uh, a place called uh, EWP in Hanover, Germany. And they did the old 70s style, like cats wrestling. They had a round system. It was a little bit different. And most of that crowd was an older market. So it was a little bit more nostalgic, but the crowd, you know, they enjoyed it. Also, I did four tours with All Japan. And the same thing, those those fans that come to All Japan today are the same guys that have been going since 1985 to watch Jumbo Saruna and Giant Baba. So a lot of those fans that kind of, you know, they they're, they don't really – there wasn't really the turnover like the American fans have. Um, American has always kind of developed each generation. You know, certain kids love Cena, but have no idea who Hulk Hogan is. You know, certain promotions kind of keep their lineage as part of their you know, production and their storytelling. Mexico, however, it's just uh, it's it's a little bit deeper than all of them because it's such a major part of the culture, and, and it's hard to explain. It's almost like an, a, a sport. You know, each little town you go to has a lucha gym. You know, you might not necessarily like wrestling or like lucha, but you might start training in lucha because it's the same way that you know you might jump into CrossFit or you might start doing cycling. It's just something to do, activity, something to keep you busy. And I think overall, they see it much more as a way to make money, as an opportunity to do, uh, you know, basically like a trade or a skill, as opposed to doing it as a hobby. And I think, you know, that, that's kind of where American wrestling and wrestling a lot of, all over the world has become. Most people that get into it, get into it as a hobby. And they just want to do it for themselves and self-gratification. And it continues to grow in a way that, oh, I can make money doing this? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. And it's almost like a, a blissful ignorance is costing people money. You know, that some wrestlers could be getting paid so much more, but there's other wrestlers accepting so much less. So it you know, throws off the balance and... Down in Mexico, it's such a big business that, you know, you really look at it through different lenses. When you're thinking, seeing, how do I make the most money with this sport instead of, hmm, what move do I want to do today? What what color should I wear this afternoon? So it, it really, it's very, I can write a whole book on the differences, but uh, that's, a, that's another podcast entirely. But it is, it's just Mexico definitely has much more of a passion and it's ingrained in somebody's heart because those nights out to the Lucha shows, might not necessarily be for the pro the, the to go see the show as much as it's you know a night out with the family and people might have been going for 40 years to the lucha every sunday just because that's what the family does you were on a sh- oh sorry jeremy go ahead go ahead i do want to ask about some of the the misconceptions when it comes to to lucha libre uh because i don't know if the american audience does full and i'm going to be full full transparency here i don't know if i fully understand it all 
the time, but it, it's gotten bigger and bigger in America thanks to different partnerships and stuff and a lot of talk. Uh, this past week, we see Commander doing his his rope uh, rope uh, stuff in the match with Jay White. You entered Battle Riot doing a rope walk uh, there. Like, what are some misconceptions when it comes to just Lucha Libre that American fans like? Hey, you don't understand this, but for us, like all of this makes sense. Uh, I think the number one would be that that the uh, that Lucha Libre is more acrobatic. Um, I think that, I think there's an American or a North American perception of what Lucha Libre is based on what WCW presented in the 90s. And we think Lucha Libre is Ultimo Dragon, Rey Mysterio, who went to Guerrero, La Parca, Psychosis. And that that is a good portion of it. But at the end of the day, the biggest money-drawing matches and the people the, the matches people want to see are the fights. So they want to see LA Park or La Parca against Rey Mysterio not flying around. They want to see straight up punches to the face and fighting through the chairs. And just, so at the end of the day, the fight is still what sells. Um, you know, you look at guys like PsychoCon, you know, there's a lot of critics in the United States that say, you know, oh, they turned to an AAA and, and see Vikingo and Ray Phoenix and, and, you know, these guys and think, oh, that's AAA has the best wrestlers in Mexico. Why is PsychoCon the main event guy? Oh my God, he's, he's terrible. They don't get it because if you're really down there and you understand that that fight that's in Psycho Clown is much more valuable to any Mexican consumer than the actual uh, you know high flying that any of those guys do. It's still dramatic. It's still you know it's still all about that fight and that struggle. And that's why you know for the last 30 years, yes, they've had the greatest acrobats and the best you know high flyers in history, but a lot of the biggest stars have been cybernetico. Psycho Clown, Sangre Chicana, Paraguayo, Conan himself. And, you know, I, I think that's something that a lot of American fans need to break the, the grasp up. They need to understand and open their mind that just because we perceive Lucha Libre as high-flying, fast-paced wrestling doesn't mean that's what Lucha Libre actually is. Uh, on a recent podcast, Wrestling Epicenter, you mentioned that indie wrestling is more lucrative than it's ever been. Uh, I want to ask, what do you think that's attributed to? Um, it's, it's very different things. Um, uh, depends on how you want to look at independent. It's, it could either be more lucrative or less lucrative depending on how you handle it. Um, I think we are in charge of creating our own brand. Now we're able to get ourselves out there and be seen. And, you know, you need to understand what your value or what your worth is. Um, sometimes there's people that are, that could be making a lot of money because they're seen on you know, XYZ TV show. But if that person chooses to go wrestle for a small-time local company and do a hardcore match for $150, they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. You know, we're in control of the amount of money we can wait, make. I, a lot of wrestlers now are so desperate to stay busy or to appear busy that they will take bookings that they shouldn't take. You know, you should say, okay, this is how much money I need to make this month. Once you make that much money, you shouldn't need to be such, well, I'm off Friday night. I'm going to pick this up because it's only a three-hour drive from my house. You know, I think there's a lot of a lot of good wrestlers are getting bad independence credibility, and a lot of bad independents are taking away good wrestlers' uh, uh, credibility. And I think if there was a little bit more of a line in the sand where people are willing to take a weekend off and just say, you know what, hey, I'm off on Saturday. Cool. Yep, no, I had a good month. I don't need it. Then, you know, um, I, I think everything would be a little bit more healthy. But I think at the end of the day, such a content-hungry 
society where people want to put something up today and they want the instant gratification. They want to appear busy. They want the content for Instagram that, you know, they don't realize that sometimes maybe they are cheapening themselves by doing shows that, that uh, you know, aren't exactly on the level. I'm going to ask a question from our pal Ryan Sullivan here in the chat. What do you think of Nacho Libre? I absolutely love that movie. It was like 12 when I came out. Saw it in the theater. Um, yeah, no, I have nothing against it, man. Because a lot of people, there's still to this day, you know, if I if I meet somebody and, you know, through passing, if they, oh, I'm a professional wrestler in Mexico. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Nacho Libre. And I'm like, yep, that's it. Yeah, and that's kind of what you go with, you know. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that as wrestlers, we should always be thinking outside the box and trying to get new viewers, not necessarily cater to the you know, million fans we already have. Let's try to get two million fans. Let's invite new people, show people that don't understand wrestling what is good about wrestling. So, uh, you know, I think if there's any way you can convince people that, you know, explain something that you do in layman's terms, it's always a positive situation. And as when I do, yes, I do Nacho Libre. <laughs> As we uh, as we start to wrap up here, and thank you for your time, by the way, uh, I want to ask on your socials. You mentioned that uh, "To Be With You" by Mr. Big is a song that still hits hard with you, uh, or, and that uh, you're a big Paul Gilbert fan. I'm a big Mr. Big fan. Uh, what is oh, it about yes. the song? What is it about the song? I, and we'll, we'll we'll catch it up after. Go go ahead. I would say just the fact that it was like the right place and the right time. I was probably like two or three years old when that song came out. And that was one of those like awesome songs that I love growing up like eighties hair metal is my stuff. And that was like a ballad. It was a song that like, I want to say that was the first, one of the first songs I knew every word to just kind of sentimental. And then in high school, it was my ringback tone. So everybody that called me, I'd seen that paper from, Oh, I love that song. Everybody, oh man, I haven't heard that song in years. I love that song. So uh, that's kind of cool. But like I said, Paul Gilbert's from, uh, from, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, or Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is about 40 minutes from where I grew up. So he's kind of a hometown boy, and it's just one of my jams. You listened to 1992 from the uh, the album they released afterwards? I don't know about that. I probably have something on my Spotify playlist, but I, I can't, can't. I'm not like an overall Mr. Big fan as much as I am a fan of that song. Go, go listen to that particular song, 1992. It's literally about writing to be with you. Oh man, yes. you might have like, found something and, on your And like the ascent of the band after after they wrote that song. But that's a it's, that's a great song. I love uh, to be with you. It's one of my favorite ones to play when I was uh, when I was gigging. So, so that's cool. That's well, really I cool. did a lot. Of, I did a lot of concert security. So when I turned eighteen, uh, my brother was doing concert security, and one night they needed a body, so they called me. First show I did was the G three tour, which was Joe Satriani, Ingway uh, Meldstein, and uh, Paul Gilbert, and we did that. And I was like, oh my god, I'm getting paid. To concert and for the next you know, four or five years i was seeing gigs all over the place and just watching you know uh phil anselmo's band down was at the in pittsburgh he almost fell off the stage so i had to like catch him and hold him up and he got everyone to give me a round of applause for saving his ass he said so funny stories like that you know yeah having a guy like phil anselmo just get on the mic and be like give it up for that guy over there right yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's you know that's my, that's my pantera story Oh, wonderful. Uh, Sam, plug your stuff. Uh, you're going to be, I know, in Toronto for uh, Lucha Palooza for uh, Demand Lucha on Thursday, April 27th. Go ahead. Give us all the rest. Thursday, April 27th, Sam Adonis against Drago Kid. One-on-one uh, -on -one Lucha. Um, Drago Kid's incredible. He does just stupidly crazy acrobatic stuff. So uh, basically, it'll be a softball that I'm trying to swat out of the air all night. 
And uh, you can find me at Real Sam Adonis on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As all my dates coming up, um, I would say about 80% of my stuff right now is in Mexico. Um, I really enjoy and appreciate those who know me from social media and have come to meet me at the rare American independent appearances I do. So please, if you can get a chance, come stop by. You know, there's, I always say I'm one of these guys you have to see in person to really get. Um, there's plenty of, you know, the online wrestling world, people watch their tapes and their, their gifts and everything like that. And some people say, well, what's the big deal about Sam Adonis? I see him. He was just a, a normal style wrestler. What's he do? You got to be there. And then once you're like, oh, that's what it is. And I think there's a lot of testimony about that from, you know, wrestling fans across the country. So if you can come check me out somewhere, if you can make this Thursday in Toronto, please do. And if not, just uh, follow me on social media and hopefully I get to meet a bunch of you soon enough. Sam, thank you so thank much. You, Sam. Yeah, we really thank appreciate, you guys. I appreciate it. Doing this. Thank Take you. Care. Have a good day. No worries, buddy. guys. You have a good one. Later. Sam, Sam Adonis. Adonis. It's great. Good get, Joel Pearl. Well, I, I, I got to give credit, unfortunately, to uh, the great Kate Elizabeth, who, uh, who helped set this up. But uh, I, I had noticed that uh, Demand Lucha was running in Toronto on uh, tomorrow as of the recording, where, uh, on Thursday the 27th. And uh, the, the, today is the, the 26th. It's Wednesday. But for those listening or watching later, the show is, is April 27th. Anyway, I noticed the running, and I was like, oh, Sam's coming. So uh, let's, let's see if maybe Sam's, Sam's going to come and talk about uh, Lucha and talk about working all around the world. And he's a fascinating guy. He's fantastic. I love the stuff with England and the, the bum pack there, uh, different, <laughs> different meaning over there. But I did like that. He's like, yeah, that is sarcasm. When I say I'm a baby face, I was like, yes, uh, we, we got you. We got you, Sam. We, we know a little bit about that. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Fight, fight bull, uh, wasn't really built on, reality-based conversations. How dare you? <laughs> All we do is true journalism and right. nothing but facts and seriousness here at Fightful. We don't write headlines about tree sperm and penis. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right I have that on the ready. <laughs> yes, we don't, we don't do any of that here at Fightful. All serious stuff. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we got... We got a lot to talk about. We're uh, we're going to be joined by Phil Lindsay very soon from Grapsity and uh, a plethora of other places. But of course, if you're if you're a fightful person, you know Phil from Grapsity. We're going to be talking about the other Chicago Phil. There's a lot to unpack, Jeremy. I don't even I don't even know where to start because this is becoming a big will he won't he at this point about literally everything CM Punk related. It's will he or won't he? So I'm looking forward to Phil giving us uh, his two cents. Phil will be, uh, be with us, yeah, uh, just at 11. I just sent him over uh, everything, so should be joining us shortly. I wanted to do, I do want to circle back quickly to the WWE title, world heavyweight title conversation, because like, there's a lot to unpack there as well in, in introducing that title. And I want to continue, continue to touch on that, but then also sort of split off and with the tag team titles, because we have the undisputed tag team titles, do they do they introduce the world heavyweight tag team titles? So that way we, we make sure we have champions on the raw brand and the blue brand. Like what are we doing? We know the titles are on the line on Friday, but you have an undisputed set of tag team titles. How are we going to split those now? Honestly, you know how you could have made it so easy. I mean, it, this would have been 
it almost would have given it away if you said let's do a two out of three falls match or a uh you know first title first pin takes this, this title second pin takes this title it yeah i see in the chat people are saying double pin I, so my feeling is sammy and ko are going to retain because i don't think if you're going to do a mini tournament in saudi arabia to crown a new world heavyweight championship guess what you don't need on the card a tag team title match yeah yeah. And for splitting again, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll have them roam from from brand to brand. But you could have set that precedent with Roman Reigns too. It's a very strange situation that they're in. Uh, even even in the women's division, you know, at one point there was talk about do we combine the women's championships and make that a big thing? And if we do, then you're stuck to square one again. If your if your brand split is supposed to be a hard split where it is how it is and nobody crosses over unless they get traded, uh, you're in the same situation. So I don't know what to expect with Sammy and KO other than I expect Sammy and KO to retain maybe at back. No, Backlash are already doing a six-man tag, so they're probably not going to change that. I don't know what they do going into the draft. I don't know what they do coming out of it and out of Saudi uh, other than they'll still be tag champs. They, they just have to hand them over. That, that's a possibility and i'm afraid of them doing that because they've already undermined so many titles by doing that before granted we all got over it but we still talk about it to this day it's a little it's a little stupid at this point to do it again it's the most cowardly thing that they can do i think handing it over is it just hey you got your big moment at wrestlemania hey you defended them on smackdown you've you've read the usos from, from the tag team division, they can no longer get a title shot. I don't think that's, that's a stipulation, but they, it, they would have lost twice in this scenario. Good job. Now, which ones do you care less about? Hand them over so they can be on the, the other brand. What if they get split in the draft? What if SmackDown drafts Sami Zayn and Raw drafts Kevin Owens, and then Owens takes the Raw titles with him, Sami takes the SmackDown titles with him, and they got to find new partners what about that that's my suggestion somebody somebody posited the idea of you split up the usos and sammy and ko and that's what happens they each take a set of tag titles and then they each take an uso and suddenly like ko and jimmy are a team and sammy and jr are a team <laughs> and i sat there i'm like this is so dumb i want to see it happen now but uh that's listen it's a possibility probably not going to happen i'd be shocked how dare you I, I would be shocked. I would I don't know what they're doing with tag teams because they keep telling us they're going to break up tag teams. It's like, well, if you, how do you have a tag division if you're going to break up tag teams and you don't have tag teams declaring for the draft just, as a tag team? You just make new tag teams. None of these tag teams. It's like the women's division. None of these tag teams are real. They just make them up as they go. Points don't matter. It's true. That's very much the women's tag division. It's yeah. such, it, it just... Nothing makes sense. Your uh, your wife is sending me messages now about. Oh, she's very not, angry. She does not like this at all. You know it's serious when I get the messages, and not you. <laughs> I'm getting them as well. I I, I just no sell them. Uh, so <laughs> she she had to she had to go to you. Yeah, well, she's very angry about I, this. Granted, I understand why. It's uh, they, again they 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 had Monday to clean it up and explain what the draft like situation could look like, but they didn't do anything really. They have no idea. They do they not have, have any idea. No idea what the draft is going to be. I hope they, I hope they put out the, Oh, these superstars are eligible 
on SmackDown, you, uh, for the draft on SmackDown, and they put out the list, and it's in order of the draft picks again. And they did that a few years ago. It was the funniest thing ever. They put out the eligibility list, and it was legitimately in order of what the picks were. And then, like, midway through, they're like, oh, we, they figured out, they, they realized their mistake. And, like, oh, we got to, like, switch up some of these picks now because otherwise we've just spoiled our entire picks. So I hope they do that again. It was fantastic. I remember watching that. And after, like, pick number three being like, wait a minute. <laughs> Does that mean the next pick is so-and-so? Was that the 2017 draft? I forget what year it was. But it was one of those years where we were just, like, not – interested but it happened this this draft is such a just just like the raw after mania everything has such potential until it happens and everything goes downhill because someone gets in the weeds this is why this is why this is why you don't like get your hopes up about the stuff just think of the dumbest scenario possible and then if that is and if it isn't that you're happy you're ha- because you were thinking of, oh, they're just going to draft Sammy to one brand, Kevin to the other brand. If it's not that, we've made progress already. Ryan says, realistically, one brand drafts Sammy and Kevin, and then the other brand just gets the vacant belt. Like, I, that makes sense of, all right, sure, Raw drafts Sammy and Kevin, and then they're just basically forced to take the titles from them. Like, well, SmackDown needs tag team titles. Like, that's, it's not the, the greatest idea in the world because i don't think that it should i i think whenever a champion loses like you want it to to mean something you don't you never just want to like take titles swap titles drop titles anything like that i always think like if you're gonna have somebody lose like get the belt off of them lose the friggin' match that's how it should happen but okay they're on raw we need smackdown titles yank give me these smackdown titles and now we'll crown new champions at a tournament of night of champions or they do something really ridiculous around the tag team title match they're having this week where one of them like the match ends whoever wins wins and then they go right to the draft and we find out sammy and ko drafted to raw and then you see the usos just be like oh guess these are ours now and they take the blue belts and that's it and then Sammy and Kale were just like, eh, we don't work Fridays anymore. Sure, it's all yours, pal. I don't know how you do it. I also don't like the idea of like, and, and again, Ryan's realistic idea is very much realistic. But at the same time, you know, it, what's it going to be? It's going to be they get drafted. Sammy and Kale get drafted to Monday Night Raw. Okay, you have you go shot of the back, and it's Kale and Sammy standing there, and in walks Adam Pierce, and he's like, you know what you have to do. And they're like, fine. And they give him the blue belts and they're just like, thank you for your service. And that's it. And then Adam Pierce walks out. And then on SmackDown, they start another tournament that also ends at Night of Champions. And the Usos win the tag titles at Night of Champions or some some ridiculous stuff like that. Adam Pierce doesn't have any authority. Who cares what he thinks? Vince McMahon walks into the room with Cam with Sammy and KO and says, Give me the blue belts. And then Sammy's just like, What? KO's just like, he said, give him the blue belts. And Sammy's like, why? And then it's just a weird, it turns on to who's on first for like a good solid 20 minutes. I don't know what they're going to do. Nobody knows what they're going to do. That's what they don't know what they're going to do. They have no idea 
what they're going to do on on Friday. They're still just trying to figure figure all of this out, and it'll be fun to watch it. Let let it play out, Joel. Just let it play out. You know, it'll be great. Well, great. soon enough, Phil Lindsay's going to play out CM Punk's status in wrestling with us because he'll be joining us very shortly. What a weird story, man! It's getting and it's getting weirder and weirder. And I think I I'm curious, chats. Uh, just chime in. Are you sick of the CM Punk news yet? Are you? Are you? You hate it? this, Joel. I'm I know you. Very do. tired of it, personally. I am. You hate it. I am because you know what? It's you can't tell people I I don't want to be part of the media circus and then immediately insert yourself into the media circus. Can't do it that way. He's not looking for this attention. Stop Joel. it. He just... Stop it, Jeremy. Stop it. What? Stop. You can't... Okay. Here's... Okay. The man can't live his life? He's not, not allowed to Raw. live his life? Not Monday Night Raw when he's working for the for what is effectively the competition. He's just visiting. Just No, he's not. Because you know what? There's a certain expectation when someone like CM Punk who left the WWE so... Uh, unceremoniously just suddenly showing up and being like, hey, how you doing? Uh, also, like, okay, I see two sides to the story on this. One is, yeah, sure, Punk is like, I'm getting older, more ahead of me than behind me, or more, yeah, more ahead of me than, than behind me, whatever you want to say, or more behind me than ahead of me. Yeah, that's the word. He's getting older, and he's like, I, my career is winding down, but I want to have one last go in WWE, or I don't want any enemies, I'm going to make amends, blah, blah, blah. Funny, I'm going to go make amends with people who I don't work for than the ones that I do work for, but that's not important right now. I'm going to go to Monday Night Raw because I was on a plane with a bunch of people and we all had fun and we all had a good laugh, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to go to Allstate. I'm going to go say hi. I'm going to go see if I can stick around. Who knows? Maybe they'll welcome me back with open arms because I'm everyone's pal. And I'm not going to tell them that I'm coming because I don't want the circus of WWE documentary crews or WWE feature people suddenly showing up with cameras in my face as I arrive. I would understand that if that's CM Bung's like reality of why he didn't tell anybody that he was coming to raw. I also don't think that that's the case. And I think punk was just starting to stir shit for the sake of stirring shit, because whenever we get to put CM punk on a thumbnail, well, guess what? People are going to watch and want to talk about it because the man for better or worse is the plus Delta of professional wrestling is, as Tony Khan once said in a, in a press scrum. And, and again, our FIFA select stuff blows up whenever CM Punk shows up. So again, from a financial standpoint, I fully understand why this is good and important, but it's also frustrating as hell because you just see him be like, I don't want to be in the media conversation. And then he immediately inserts himself in the media conversation. He inserted himself in this one, Jeremy. I, there's no other way to explain it. He showed up. He on the show, or not on not on the show. He showed up. Great. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, Tom's custom had a really great photo of him <laughs> in his gear Photoshop yeah, next the to the title. Yeah. I was going to use that for the thumbnail, but then I was like, <laughs> uh, then, then we got Sam, and I had to change everything. Uh, but anyway, the point was, um, he he showed up to have conversations, and some I know some some people backstage said he looked like he was making amends or trying to have more productive conversations with people that maybe he had. Um, not so great interactions with on his way out or even during his time away from wrestling. If he was speaking to Paul Levesque, then that's another opportunity that maybe he's, you know, again, trying to make amends. Maybe this is a mea culpa tour. Who knows? Uh, he just 
He inserted himself in this. He could have had these conversations elsewhere to do it at their job on a Monday in the afternoon, coming home from another event. Not even like I just happened to be in Chicago. It's like, it just, everything felt so weird. And also, again, I'm very interested in hearing how Tony Khan and the rest of the EVPs felt about this. If they were in on it, if they had any inkling that it was happening, if this was part of it, what what's happening? Because, you know, we're going to talk about this with, with Phil Lindsay very soon, but, you know, there were meetings that were just had with Punk and other people in AEW. And this is, you know, th- could, this could be detrimental to something like this, or it could have been part of the plan from a meeting that they had. I don't know. It's very strange. Isn't it WWE's fault for running in Chicago at this time? Yes, they should have ran. Uh, they should have ran Wintrust instead. That, that's the real. Wintrust. That's the real issue here. Could he have had these meetings behind closed closed doors? Jump on a Zoom call, something like that. Sure, but they were all in one spot here. Very easy to just if you know where everybody's at at one time. Just go there instead of send the Zoom link to everyone. It's like, oh, hey, I got to send this link to Miz, Triple H, who I, Tamina. He's talking to Tamina. All these people. First ASN. of all, you go to a show, you always talk to Tamina. <laughs> she is the mother figure of that show. If you didn't yeah. watch the WrestleMania behind the scenes doc, it's eight minutes. She is plastered all over that thing, taking care of the Usos, taking care of Dakota Kai, taking care of everyone. She is mother backstage. Tamina will never not be right in my heart. Everyone loves Tamina, which, I mean, they should. Right? Yes. Like, yes. So that's why you do talk to Tamina. You're right. If you want to make amends with people, go to the person who is well-liked by everybody. That's CM Punk knows what he's doing. He's a smart man. He's a very smart man. But see, instead of sending the Zoom link to all these people, it's just like, oh, I know all these guys are going to be here at this spot at this time. I'm on a plane with them. Let me just go. Let me go hang out. Let me go show up. Let me have the damn conversations up. on the plane. Maybe the Miz wasn't on the plane. Maybe Triple H wasn't on that plane. That's who you want to talk to. So I see in the chat someone saying like Punk also made amends with Miz. Why? Because you know what? For better or worse, Miz actually his his name and his he he carries a lot of weight in wrestling. He's been a guy who has been in this business for over 15 years at this point to the highest level. And he is the guy that is, you know, looked at as ultimate workhorse. He he'll do media for anybody at any time, anywhere. He will wrestle any match you want, any style. He's, he very rarely says no, just like Tamina. He is very likable and very well liked and very well respected backstage. And yeah, they had a very public uh, incident a few years ago on Twitter about the whole Saudi Arabia deal. But uh, again, you want to make amends with the people who uh, who who are pow- both powerful and can say something about you backstage. So if Miz is going to go to Paul and be like, yeah, maybe Phil's not so bad, then that's another option that you have. You put in the thumbnail, I'm going to sell you out here, mm-hmm. if this was a publicity stunt, question mark. Yep. You don't think this this was him like actually trying to like he has remorse for these things and he he wants to okay if i'm gonna if i'm gonna go back to aw because i think we all agree maybe maybe some don't but he's, he's heading back there sooner rather than later 
It's like, hey, let me go out here and let me just, I'm going to have to make amends there. Let me make amends here. Maybe he's working on himself. And this is not, oh, hey, say I went there. Triple H likes me. The Miz likes me now. Why can't these elite guys like me? You really think it's a publicity stunt, I guess is what I'm asking. I kind of do. Because it, uh, if this is, it, it could be a publicity stunt. It could also be a saving face stunt. It's like going on the campaign trail to the state where everyone hates you for one reason and then doing the opposite of whatever that reason is that they hate you. Let's say, I don't know, let's say you go to, you go to New York and you're like, I hate the public transit system. MTA is the worst. I want to shut down the subways in New York forever and ever and only be car based. And then the entire city of or the entire New York City and the state as a whole is just like, well, this guy's a dick. This is like our huge infrastructure, da 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 da, yada yada. And then I show up and I ride the subway for a day talking to people and trying to get my name out there and be like, I'm not so bad. I actually like MTA. I like the subway. Well, there you go. I'm suddenly starting to save face in the eyes of these people. It almost feels like that's what Punk is doing. He's going to a WWE show nine years later and being like, I wronged this guy and this guy and this guy. Should probably talk to them so that when the news gets out, suddenly I won't be as scary to my people at my home base that I've been trying to talk to and may have already spoken to, by the way. Again, this meeting may have already happened, according to some people. And again, I'm waiting for Phil so we can talk about this. Um, this yeah, is- we're about to bury Phil. He's going to have to make amends to us for being so late. <laughs> I should be used to it. But anyway, the point is, I do feel like it's a publicity stunt. And I do feel like this is just keeping your name relevant and in the news because you have a big show coming up with AEW. And, you know, I I see Ryan in the chat being like, TK, love WCW. It's some realism. For all we know, they're cooking this up together. And this is just a big, like, this is their version of Norfolk. This is their version of the DX invasion. They're trying to send Punk in, but they're trying to be more worky about it or sorry more more shooty about it it's more backstage therefore it's sexier it's not on the tv and it's not hokey looking like it was back in 98 99 this is different or even 97 the idea here is that punk is doing something so taboo because just showing up let's say AEW and wwe run the same town or very close to each other let's say what they're running uh ubs and they're running like collisions at UBS and then WWE's running a PLE at Madison Square Garden. They're a hop, skip, and a jump away from each other. So what do you do? Like you can have CM Punk show up at Madison Square Garden knocking on the door during collision. Should. Well, that's the thing. That's very hokey now. It doesn't work so much. So you send them in and you start having everyone else talk about it like we're doing right now so that it fuels the, the spin cycle. Phil Lindsay is here to make amends for being 13 minutes late. And we're going to get his comments on CM Punk and everything going on backstage from Grapsody. You know him, you love him. Bleacher Report all over on the Twitter machine. Always making friends on Twitter. Phil Lindsay, how you doing, buddy? I am not late. I just came in the time to see you say that I am not late. And I'm not <laughs> late because you told me 11 o'clock. And so I thought that I was, I, I thought that I was like still waiting for thing to start. Like, what? It's 1113. Oh, I love I this. Sent, I sent the, the, the stream yard message at what time? 1051. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's 10 my time. 
Oh, you know it's Eastern. Are we doing this time zone thing again? Oh, time zones. Did I not say Eastern? Look, if I did not say Eastern, I did say 11 tomorrow. I'm always thinking Eastern. All right, I'll take some blame for this, for not clarifying on time zone. I just had this conversation with Jack Cartwheel, who's going to be on the spotlight this week. And we got very confused on the time zones because he's in West Coast and... Uh, can 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 the world just agree that we need one time zone? Can can we just make awful. this happen? That sounds awful in every terrible. way, shape, and form. Terrible. I don't want to make Phil mad because I, I really like Phil and afraid of what he'll do to me when when we hang out again. Phil, how are you? They do a three-hour show. They can bury you for those three hours. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry. How you Let's doing, go. Phil? I'm all right. Yeah. You, you, I was uh, I was sitting here uh, working on something, but sorry. Right. Are you working? Are you working on a, a CM Punk article? No, no. no. All right, Phil. Try, what do you? Go ahead. And I was about to say, I try not to write anything about Punk. I think I think oh. we've exhausted a lot of man hours as as wrestling media writing things about this guy, and I think at this point it's just like. I don't know, man. Just make the decision. If he's coming back, make the decision. It seems like the decision is made. People just want new news stories every week. But this decision is made. He's coming back. Do you think, as Joel Pearl has put it, this is a publicity stunt on Punk's part to show up to Raw and make amends or whatever he was doing at Raw? I think it's definitely a way to keep his name um in public consciousness i think it's his way of trying to win the perception war with the other guys that make it seem like he doesn't want to make amends with anybody um no this is all very intentional he's playing the game uh wade keller reported or at least he he believes that punk sat down with tk and i think ftr was there maybe jericho on friday so again phil i think you hit it on the head this is a perception war. This is Punk keeping his name relevant. This is nothing but people using his likeness, despite him saying, keep me out of the media's eye, for, for clicks. Because let's face it, every time you put CM Punk's name on a thumbnail, people are going to be there. It's the same thing. Same thing happened with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Jeremy Lambert. Same shit, different day. The only difference is The Fiend was a weird character. CM Punk the Fiend, is, he didn't show up to AEW backstage. He, he could have. You don't know. The Fiend is very mysterious. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, what at, at what point do you finally pull the trigger and say CM Punk is coming back? At, like, when, when does it make sense, Phil? I think he'll be back in June. I think he'll be back before... I think he'll be back before All In. I think he'll be back before All Out. Phil, do you have tickets to the mystery AEW show in, in I Chicago? Don't. I know you were big repping on, on Chicago, and you were mad that it's taken this long for AEW to come back, and now they're back, and you've got the wrestling world mad at you that you've willed AEW back to Chicago. Are you? Did you have tickets? Are you ready to go? You ready for CM Punk back in Chicago, Phil? I do not have tickets, but I'll probably be there. I'll probably Should get a ticket a- last minute. What do you think of AEW doing a brand split when it comes to and almost acquiescing to CM Punk 
when it comes to collision. Um, I don't know if they're acquiescing to CM, CM Punk. I think they're acquiescing to <laughs> the fact that they want him there, but there are other people that may or may not want him there. I don't know if Punk necessarily wants to be on Saturdays. I think this is them attempting to make things work. Do you think they have a... Okay, sometimes you can work a Saturday, sometimes you work a Wednesday. It's been a soft brand split. Do you think that works if they kind of mix it up, but basically keep stuff, keep certain members of the roster separate, but it's not so hard of like, these people are only on Dynamite, these people are only on Collision? Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I think that uh, I don't really buy into it being a hard brand split. I don't buy into them actually you know, adhering to, like, rules of a brand split. This seems like, uh, <laughs> let's try it. Try and see how this works for now. And I have I have no idea how it's going to work. Um, you've got you've to gotta do pay-per-views at some point. So people all have to be in the same building at some point. Um, there are certain things that you're going to need everybody for, like Wembley. Um, I don't know. I don't know how this works. Wembley's a massive stadium, so that's easy to cover. You can just put Punk on the opposite side of the building, have him in his own little like Michael Cole coal mine, and I think you'll be okay. Uh, but I think you're right. You know, at one point they will all have to be in the same building. Uh, to me, this the split is more like the following people have requested not to work with the elite. The following people have requested not to work with CM Punk. As a result, some of you will work Saturday. Some of you will work when. Uh, some of you will work on a team on Saturday or Wednesday, not one, like one or it'll change from time to time. And then some of you will work a one team or whatever they call it B team. So sometimes it's going to be B teams on dynamite this week. Next week, they're on collision, whatever it is. It just feels to me like it'll be a grouping of people, not the entire roster split to make this whole thing work until inevitably punk and the elites either talk it out, figure it out, or don't and have another explosion and then we're back to square one. Um, I mean, if if everything Punk has done and this whole brand idea is meant to do anything, it may or may not unintentionally make this entire situation look ridiculous. And it may make it seem like, hey, how about you four grown men get in a room and talk? Back in the day, that's what you would do. You get into a fight, you get put into a room, you talk it out. I, I said to Jeremy, you get a bottle of something and you talk about it. These guys aren't drinking. That's fine. I'm not advocating you got to get drunk to talk it out. Pepsi. That's true. You get a Pepsi. Sure, whatever. Start a fight over a diet Pepsi. I'd like to see it. The point yeah. here that you just you do have to sit down and talk it out. Yeah, it it it's if if uh this says anything about the state of the company, like I said, this all just looks ridiculous. It just it looks ridiculous that these guys won't just sit down and talk. And again, I I I understand the Young Bucks point of view to a degree um, because they were um, one of them was injured here. So I get it. Um, I get you not wanting to have to deal with this guy until you're ready to deal with him. Um, But at the same time, uh, your boss clearly wants to do business with this guy. And I don't think that I'm assuming that. I think that that's pretty obvious. (laughs) Um, So at some point, you're going to have to have a conversation with this guy. your name is on the company that he is going to be wrestling for. You're an executive vice president for this company. 
You're not just a wrestler. Um, you can't just avoid this guy forever. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they should get Kendall Jenner with a Pepsi to fix everything here, Phil? Because I heard that solves everything. Um, I think that uh, I think that I think that maybe Kendall coming in and having a Pepsi would give Punk something else to be mad about. <laughs> and so maybe I don't know. Maybe um maybe Punk should just go and buy the Bucks all like Wendy's or In and Out and like Perfect. then maybe they come in and talk to him. I don't know. Get him get him in and out for life and I'm sure they'll forgive him. And uh, I and I don't wanna make it seem like I'm putting all the blame on the Bucks here, but it it just everything about this just seems ridiculous at this point. It's been what, seven months? Eight months. Just, just all seems ridiculous. AT hit us with a super chat saying, I haven't read or seen any reports saying that people don't want to work with the elite. I haven't read anything like that either, but I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibility that some people are going to say, well, I want to work on a show exclusively with Punk because his advice is, you know, is invaluable to me. I don't know. There have been reports back in the day when Punk was first with the company that, you know, people felt like he was giving really good advice. Do you see a world where uh, Punk maybe works his way into a coaching role? Or is it just kind of like he's there, he wants to be a locker room leader? Like, what's the spot now if he comes back into this fray? I don't know, man. Because it, it definitely seems like there are more people other than the elite that are upset with him and don't want him there. So I don't know. Um Again, you know, I don't want to make it seem like anybody doesn't want to work with the elite because we haven't heard that. We have we have heard inclinations that people don't want to work with punk. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But at this point, um, people are going to feel how they want to feel about it. Um, that's not going to change. Um, but one guy makes the decision, and it seems like this guy is hell-bent on making this decision to bring this guy back. So... I don't know. Would would you bring back CM Punk? Like if, if you're Tony Khan and everything that has happened has happened, would you bring CM Punk back? Um, if I had to step in his shoes, I would ask you the question this. Um, if one of the biggest stars to help build this company with you um, left last year when had a WrestleMania moment, then won the Royal Rumble, then had the biggest match of his career <laughs> at WrestleMania this year. And you're looking around like, hey, we let this guy go. Are you going to let CM Punk go? The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is a, a very obvious no. And if I'm in his shoes, no, I'm not letting this guy leave and possibly go somewhere else and bury us. I mean, listen, Wait. you had you had Punk show up backstage at a WWE event where he very much could have just done the same to his former peers or at least his current peers. He's still, you know, well, be, he still considers himself a wrestler. Uh, you could still do that. And, and it could still turn into that because if when Punk's done with his contract in AEW, if he and Paul Levesque had a nice little conversation, who knows? Maybe there is a return in the cards. Maybe there's a Hall of Fame induction. Maybe there is a Legends deal and Punk then just talks about it. Because, I mean, look, Maybe you can can get into because the guy's under contract from what I remember. It's a five year contract, I think. Um, 
I think he's done what maybe a year, maybe a year and a half of that contract. Um, you still got this guy on for over four years, maybe well close to four years of contract. Um, you got to pay him, and he's the type type of guy that's not just gonna leave and let that go. You got to pay him, and is it worth getting in court and fighting this guy? Because he don't he wants to be paid, or he's not gonna want to deal with a non compete clause. No. I don't think it is. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but I I think it is I, I think it is more beneficial to bring this guy back and attempt to salvage this and make some money off of it than waste money and time trying to fight this in court. I believe it's it was a three year deal uh for, for Punk. That was the report that, that it was a three year deal. So assuming they don't add time due to injury or anything like that, I guess that would put it up next year if, if my my timelines are, are very bad but that would put it up uh next year if it is a three-year deal um mm. so they could get out of it a little bit sooner if they want to get out of it. Mm. it if punk wants to get out of it you know it could potentially leave next yeah. year again if they don't add time yeah um see i don't know if it's three years because i think if it was three years i don't think there would be the hubbub about this i think I think part of the reason why he's coming back is because they've got this guy on for a considerable amount of time. Is <laughs> <laughs> my guess, and I could be wrong. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to get the exact report of of where it is for for three years. Um, and I mean it came from there. There's one report that has it listed to. It seemed like the Observer. Another report is listed to fight fans. So uh, I don't know how Observer is is what it is. And fight fans, I, I don't know how reputable that, that one is. But that's where it's that's where I'm getting that from. But hey, look, if it's more than three years, then yeah, I can understand them just being like, hey, yeah, let's let's actually try to get the most out of this instead of paying paying them out for the last two years, yeah. two and a half years on it. You're either, either going to have to cash out and, and buy out his contract or you're going to have to try and fight this guy on this. And I don't think they want to do either. Um, I, that negotiation on the buyout is, I think, at a point when when there was word that he may get fired. Um, but doesn't seem like that's happening anymore. Doesn't seem like he wants to leave. I think that was the funniest thing about Monday night is watching people go, oh, he's there trying to look for a contract. No, he's not. He's signed under contract. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> I uh, I kind of put it out there with Punk that's how would, how would I how would I how did I put this? Now I'm, I'm my train of thought is suddenly lost. Uh, Punk showing up on WWE, show, showing up at Monday Night Raw unannounced was almost punk being like if i show up sneakily the cameras won't find me and suddenly set up and get me do you think there's any truth to that because punk sometimes can be a little in his own head and that the idea was like oh maybe wwe network won't like or the the documentary guys won't show up around the corner with a big camera in my face uh any truth do you think there's any truth to that or you think i'm just kind of absolutely bonkers for it I don't know what to make of it. I, I, I don't think that there's any way that Punk showing up to Raw in Chicago is not a big deal. And I think I think he has to know that. Um, there, there's no way he shows up there and people don't find out about it and it's not a big story. Uh, 
there's no scenario where that's not happening. Um, and I, I, and again, I think that's what makes it so funny that people would think that that would be the way he would go back there and try and get a contract in this big, very public way. No, if he wanted a contract, it would be a phone conversation that we would know about, that we would never hear about. Yeah. <laughs> you hear nothing else from me on that. I agree with you on that. I mean, it's not like he was hidden or anything. He was clearly... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There. Yeah. He was, they weren't trying to make this uh, a secret. And I think... I, I I think that Punk probably knew that WB cameras probably just weren't going to like shoot him. I don't think it was a, an idea of, hey, let me make a big announcement so that way I'm filmed and stuff. He probably just figured, I'll show up and then... Why would why would WWE like film this content anyway? Like, oh, CM Punk's gonna show up. We're gonna put this on our you, website. And you stuff. gotta document everything. You gotta document everything because if he comes back, then this is the moment that it started. Just like the Undertaker docs, right? It was back in. It started. Somebody's big, got documents of it somewhere. It might not be uh, official. Footage, footage, footage. Footage. Yeah, I I can't wait till uh uh whatever. Bianca Belair's next 24 and he's in the background somewhere with his face blurred. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what WWE does. Like their cameras are constantly rolling. How many times have you heard stories about like, you know, back when Vince was in charge and I'm sure it's still like this to this day, cameras literally everywhere because you never know what footage they're going to want to pull for a network special or some sort of documentary special that they're working on. It's just, it's a thing. That's something they do. Sometimes it's for insurance purposes too. Like, let's face it. Punk now with uh, somebody mentioned the the Endeavor buying back. I don't think uh, Punk is going back to to WWE. And the the Vince McMahon thing is sort of the sticking point here. Is he seemed to have a conversation with Triple H? Uh, that was brief conversation, albeit seemed to again make amends by everything. But based on the reports, it was Vince got word of this guy and it was like, eh, get him out of there type of thing. And I don't think there's a scenario where Punk's going back if Vince is still there. I think that's what? where people are also confused about things. What if that wasn't a Vince call though? What if that was a Paul call and the idea of like CM Punk being like, Hey, mind if I stick around for the show? Paul being like, uh, give me a sec. Let me find out. And then he just goes, calls his dad and daddy says, uh, well, you know what? Tell him it was me. But what do you think? And Paul's like, well, I don't want him here any more than you want him here. And I was like, I'll take the heat. I don't give a shit. And it's easily just that Vince doesn't care. Vince, Vince nah. would be scapegoat for literally anything to make Paul look good in the eyes of everyone else he works with. No, he would. Vince would not scapegoat like that. Go ahead. Yes, yes, he would. Vince is at the point where he has said this multiple times. You think I'm an asshole? Well, then I guess I'm an asshole. He'll throw Triple H on the bus. I don't, I, I, don't know, I don't know if he'd take the scapegoat, but I could definitely see Triple H like walking around the corner and like fake dialing on the phone like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to call Vince. <laughs> and then turn around like, nah, nah, nope, Dad said you can't spend a night. Sorry. <laughs> 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 you said we were going to order popcorn and have a good movie night. Yeah. I, anyway, I came in with the super chat saying, do y'all think punk would be upset being on Saturdays? People are already saying the show is doomed to rampage numbers, but I could see it doing well. So the collision show being on Saturdays has been a bit of a hot button topic. Uh, you have a few months where if you're going to talk about ratings, there's, there are going to be no sports in the way, at least for the summertime. And then once you get into the fall and winter, when you start with the NBA, you start with the NHL, and then the college football starts up. Uh, yeah, the, the numbers are probably going to drop. But I think right now, they're just looking to see, hey, if we anchor a show with Punk and we anchor a show with the Elites, 
which one do you think does better? And we give Punk the lesser advantage. We're giving the elite the Wednesday night advantage. Uh, is you think there's any chance that Collision fails numerically based on the day they're going to be on? Yeah, Saturday's a tough draw. Saturday's a tough day for any anything. It's a tough time slot. Um, I just don't buy that he's only going to be on Saturday. I don't buy it. I think he will eventually be back on Wednesdays as well. Like you, you do not, you do not take the risk to bring Punk back if you're not going to use him on your flagship show. I just don't buy that. It's very simple. You you have everyone on any show. You just warn them ahead of time. It's it shouldn't be that difficult. Travel just has to add a little wrinkle onto their documents. You know, if so and so is working, this person's not working, or whatever it is. Like there's just it's a little extra piece of work for them to have to deal with for now, and it might not stay that way, or it's gonna blow up again, and we're gonna be back to square one. Yeah, I could I could see this being a thing where like a week where the leader not there and not on TV, he'll be on Wednesday or something. Um, but I don't think that every week he's going to be on Saturday. Like that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He should be on both major shows. The elite should also be on both major shows. Jeremy and I talked about this too. If you're a ticket buying fan and you want to go to see a specific someone, it would be helpful to know who's going to be on which show that week. But is it really going to make a huge difference you know, if you if you don't know, is that going to you know totally ruin your AEW experience? Maybe I don't know. Um, I do wonder. Um, I asked this on Grapsity. Uh How soon do we talk about? Uh, is, are they oversaturating the market? You've got a lot of ticket dates coming up. You're selling tickets to Wednesday shows. You're tell- selling tickets to Saturday shows. You're selling tickets tickets to house shows now. Uh, you're trying to get people to to go and see ROH. It's a lot. So what you're saying is Jeff Jarrett is a WWE uh, mole sent to take down AEW from the inside as the live events. Uh, listen, the- listen. If uh, if we're a few weeks from now and we're talking about debuting another world title, I'm going to be looking around <laughs> like, what's going on here? Tony's talking to people tonight. He's gonna address the the AEW universe. Well, here's tonight. the thing: if if he if he only trusts Chris Jericho and Jericho runs around saying I held both titles at one time, then TK is probably sitting there being like, "Hmm, both titles." Please don't don't do it, Tony. <laughs> Please, don't do I don't want to see it either. I'd rather see MJF or whoever the champion is on both shows. And if a couple of people don't want to be on the show that the champion is, whatever it is, if you just need to make make a a little accommodation for some people, yeah, fine. Travel just, again, has to work a little bit harder. That's just the way it is. And again, that could change. It will almost certainly change. But here's the other problem. Do you set a precedent that if there are other people having problems in the locker room who have some sort of cachet similar to punks but not necessarily as important – do you handle the situation the same way? Because TK has now set a standard that if you don't like somebody and your money drawer, then sure, we'll just you know make accommodations for you. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Punk sets that precedent when um, you already have uh, your new reality show where other person that is a draw can just get on there and just drag another person that they don't like and it's okay uh, because apparently it's fine when she does it on regular TV um, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wrestling is weird. Uh, everything about this is weird. Um, I'm trying to not take it into, oh, these are awful people and just laugh at it because a lot of it is actually very funny to me. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I think people are going to be who they are. I think wrestlers are going to wrestle. People are going to be messy if they want to be messy. It's going to happen. Um, <laughs> Simeon makes a, a good point here. The elite are always backstage most of the time. They're executive mm, vice presidents along with that's, Kenny Omega. That's not what I heard. Okay. Well, I mean, they're are they not executive <laughs> vice presidents anymore? Is that No. I, I that's not what I heard that they're backstage most of the time. There was a report that came out at one point that um they're not as present backstage. They get in, they do their matches, they do their like BTE stuff and they are out of there. Um and I think that that is one of the things that people appreciated about Punk is that he was there and he was willing to look at people's matches. He was willing to give advice. Um, and not to say that they never do that, but I did see that criticism of them out there. Okay, I, I missed this. I don't know who, who reported that and you know where that came from and stuff. Uh, do you know who reported that? Oh, I don't, but I also heard it from okay. somebody as well, so... Maybe I just... Phil, DM me the scoop so I can pre-write the story, please. Um, <laughs> okay, theoretically, as executive vice presidents, they should be backstage the entire event. We know they have their hand. Omega's talked about you know wanting to to build the women's division, and everything. I don't know how much he's doing with on that side nowadays. We know we know for a fact that at the end of the the Dark Order Phantom Punches stuff, Tony was like, "I'm doing everything." at this point so we know things shifted then but theoretically as vice presidents the elite should be there for every show trying to help whether it's run things creatively whether it's run things up up at a higher level they should be there at every show and now because of cm punk who's going to work this saturday show and potentially some wednesday shows oh sean rossap is making his usual run in hello sean rossap are you eating eggs I'm not eating eggs. I am eating salmon and uh, sweet potato mashed and broccoli. It's 11:30 in the morning. Sean, Sean, can you confirm what I just said so I don't look crazy? What What did you just say? I just hopped on here. I I said that uh, there was a criticism of the elite that they basically get their get their matches in, they film BTE, and they're out of there, and they don't stay stick around. They don't stick around and give like like advice. And like I heard, this was a thing. I will check on that today. Actually, I will ask around. I will see what I can find out as as I do my Your beautiful hair, hair here. By the way, Jeremy, what what is this I hear? On on in the weeds when you're like, where's my paid vacation? Where's my paid vacation? I heard that on. That? You said oh, that out loud on in the weeds. Every I mean, I vacation did. he's ever had is a paid vacation. <laughs> I probably did say that, like I say all the time. I don't remember what I had for breakfast or dinner. You can't expect to remember what I said on a show like an hour ago. My memory is awful, absolutely awful. It is. It's very bad. Can I get a paid vacation though? I mean, you. All of them are. It's just a matter of you actually going through with your vacation. Yeah, it's, it's actually taking, or you know, not getting ruined uh, the moment I, I leave the house yeah. of something yeah. just happening here. All right, let me ask this question here of uh, 
Elite theoretically should be backstage for everything because they are executive vice presidents helping do whatever what they can. Now CM Punk comes in, potentially Saturday shows, Elite might not be backstage. What does that do with, with them? What is that what kind of message does that send to everybody else? Phil first and then Sean, if you want to chime in, go ahead. Sure. Um it's kind of tough to answer that because like we haven't had like a clear definition of what their roles as evps has been so it's kind of like hey man it would be nice if they're backstage but i don't know what does that title entail like it just feels like it's just a title that's why like when people say oh well why can't they just fire cm punk etc etc i'm like i don't know what his deal is what his contract is but i'm sure it's significantly different than everybody else's like there might be some protections in there that we don't know about like I, I can't apply what I know about one person's contract and especially to him because I'm sure he had some sort of, of very good protections in there. And the same with the elite. And I mean, I've heard that Kenny hasn't resigned yet. I don't know about the bucks, but um, when I think about this situation, I look, I, I do look at the other contracts and a lot of the other contracts in AEW are like, okay, this is how much you're going to get paid. You're going to work a hundred dates, but the EVPs are in such a different position than just even the top level wrestlers because they have so many more additional duties. Omega was supposed to go to Japan after all out to promote the Tokyo game show video game stuff. Remember that? That was, that was the video. There was a video game that was being made at one point. Allegedly. I haven't heard anything about that in forever, but like I was talking about it again soon. What is it? Mike Straw is going to be talking about it again hope, soon. He says hope. he's heard some stuff. Who knows? But uh, that got nixed. So, I mean, he's got some additional duties that aren't just like being there. And he even said like when he was injured, he had to pull himself back off the road. That's something he said to me in our interview. He wanted to be around every single week to be at those shows for that reason. But he thought that it was negatively affecting his return. So, it, it's more of like, what the hell do they do on a week to week basis? And uh, yeah, if they if they are in the in those roles and they are asked to help and they don't hang around, well, I think that's an issue. If if they don't do that, but again, I don't know what the hell they're supposed to do. I, and maybe in these next deals, Tony says, "Don't really need you in those spots. We'll just have you as talent." And I think that would be completely fine. They might also negotiate it themselves. You know, how many times did Cody say, Cody, I don't want to do it anymore? Yeah, this yeah. was fun until it wasn't. It could be the same thing. We don't know. Cody doesn't even want to watch his own matches now. Won't watch back the Peck match. <laughs> he called the titty yeah. match. He, I mean, no Kenny, responsibility. Kenny has said in interviews, like, he does miss where he could just show up, have his gear, wrestle, and then that's that's it. Sure for him and you know once he became evp and took on more responsibilities it became more of a job type thing and added stresses and stuff so yeah maybe they do just like hey we'll just kind of take a talent deal sean do we know how long punk's contract is for it was reported by some places three uh we have also seen five some talent some talent in wwe said that they had heard five but now we're going on what like eight nine months that he's been sitting out so i don't know if they have protections to freeze that as well i know that when aew does have that option they love to implement it and uh over on the wwe side 
if they've got people who they signed in that big contract renewal period of 2019, I guarantee you they're freezing deals because the amount that they'll be paying those people now is so much more. But uh, I, I don't know. And again, Punk might have different protections in his deal. Like I had asked somebody, well, hey, did Cody's contract get frozen? And they said, well, you'll notice Cody never stopped working for WWE. He would do press. He would do a lot of other stuff. So they don't really have that protection. Uh, but with Punk, he hasn't been doing anything. So. He's been on Instagram. He has been on Instagram. That much I tell you. I don't are, know. Maybe, are, are maybe I'll have a time? CM Punk. Sorry, go ahead. Are they counting time from that first injury? That's another thing. That's a shit. I even forgot about that. Because <laughs> he's gone from what May till like August. And that's yeah. why I say like when when Punk comes back, you can't plan long term for him at this point after two straight injuries. Like you have to plan for him to have one match, see how he feels, and then plan accordingly. But I don't know. Maybe I'll have a CM Punk story on FightfulSelect.com today. It's a Wednesday, so I'm feeling like it. <sighs> Yeah, is there anything else kind of happening on Wednesday? What is it? So is there anything else happening on Wednesday? Is that why you just, just feel like it? Just feel like it. Just okay. feel like it. Okay. See you guys later. Thank you, Sean. Bye, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for adding to that. Phil, trying to trying to get some scoops out there with the elite and uh, how much they are or not sticking around. Backstage. I I just want to ask because I was like I know I've heard that somewhere so I'm not I'm not nuts am I I've heard that somewhere that was definitely floated around. Hey, even if you know you just concocted it, it's a it's a good question of throw it out there, see see uh, what kind of bites on that. I believe you you heard it. I was just wondering if there was a direct if it was reported by anybody or you know a lot of stuff just. Out there on Twitter. Twitter's a dangerous space when lot, it comes to lot, the dark Twitterverse. A lot of rumors out there, man. Yeah, yeah that, that's how you get Roman Reigns versus Omas in Saudi Arabia. Dark Twitter. Dark Twitter. Just dark the stuff out there. <laughs> Phil, all right, last question from from me. How long CM Punk's coming back? I think we all agree on that. How long does does this last? Well, what, how long does what last? How long does it last before there's another incident? Or how long is Just, he there? How long does it last before there's an incident? Before there's an injury? He, does he does he finish out whatever the, the contract is? But just how long does this last before Punk is just... Whether it's his own doing or the doing of somebody else. How long does it last? Um, well, I think he's going to finish out the contract. But uh, how long before there's an incident? Uh, I give it a few months because a few months. seriously, I give it a few months because again, you can't have this guy in a building and there's still animosity with the guy. You haven't, unless he goes back there and addresses what happened and he like apologizes and makes amends in some way, there's still this lingering energy in the air. And when that is the case, something is bound to happen. Um, so I don't know. I hope that I'm wrong on that, but I just I could that was the thing with the hangman thing. He he went away and he stewed over this hangman thing for whatever three months and he came back and first thing he jumped on TV and said was, Hey, that hangman guy <laughs> Um Yeah, so I don't know. And I, I feel like we're gonna see people being petty and people being silly. But we've been seeing that for months and I don't think it's gonna stop once he gets back. 
I don't think he's he's changed. He's gone. He's made amends with everybody in WWE. He told Miz to suck a Saudi dick, and now everything's fine with him and Miz. He called Doofus son-in-law. Now he's fine with Triple H. He's gonna go back in there. It's like ah, you guys, it's okay. It, you guys, let's do some BTE skits together. It's okay. If, if, I, if I've learned anything about my problematic fave as a fan of this guy for many years, is that he never lets go of anything. <laughs> Ever. Now, when he shows up and he wants to apologize to everyone and be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I mean, just the fact that he showed up and apologized the way that he did is proof that he doesn't let go of anything. I supposedly flew from California to Chicago. Um, and Florida. Showed up here to, Florida, Florida. There you go. Florida to Chicago to do this. This, this isn't a guy that just gets over anything. I, I would not be surprised if he has not let go of anything. Um, but that's why I'm like, you've got to. You got. He's got to address this in some way. He has to. Um, I think he has to address it with the locker room. He has to address it with the fans as well. Um, I don't think there's any way he can come back and not do that. Phil, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Before I let you plug everything, I, much like my hero CM Punk, will apologize and make amends for not giving you the time zone when I sent you the message. That is my fault. Phil Lindsay was not late. He was actually early. And I am sorry, Phil. And I hope you accept my apology and we can do business together in the future. You know, I just, I'm just glad that the apology was as loud as the disrespect. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's that simple. It's that simple, everybody. Phil, thank you. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, You can find me sometimes on the internet somewhere. I don't know. Places. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on, on Grapsity every Saturday at noon Eastern. Uh, you can find us on Fightful Select every other week on Thursday. Thursday, right? Thursdays, yes. It's morning. I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> really, I really get it today, especially. I get it. Um, yeah, no, on Thursdays at, at 4, my time. Five Eastern. Make sure you put those time zones at the time at the end. Of the day. Don't <laughs> confuse people. Um, yeah, you can find my writing at Bleacher Report. Thank you, Phil. Much appreciated. Everybody support what Phil does. Don't yell at him on Twitter. Don't just. Oh, everybody. I don't. I I I try to stay away. Don't don't follow me. I don't need your follows. Don't see. Don't that's do what it. I say. Don't follow, don't follow people on Twitter. Thank you, Phil. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you again. I apologize for the uh, time zone screw up. Thank you for joining us an hour early. Uh, although wife, as always, wants to let you know that you are right about Seth Rollins. So what do you think Seth? Seth didn't see CM Punk at Raw. Were hands going to be thrown if Seth and, and Punk saw each other? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I would love an incident where he like walks past him and they like mimic the scene from five heartbeats and punk just like looks at him and just goes, how does it feel to be me? (laughs) (laughs) Just walks out. (laughs) Um, No, no, no. I, I, are you kidding me? Getting to see this guy um, walk out there and me be twice as right about things. And, because I've been complaining about this world championship situation for a long time, and to see them debut a world championship in the in the city of Chicago, and Seth Rollins was the first person to stake claim to it, and he got the he got the applause that he deserved, 
Listen, he's going to be your next world heavyweight champion. It's going to be great. Hot take, Phil Lindsay. I don't think that's hot take. I think that is that's a spoiler at this point. This guy's going to be our next world heavyweight champion. <laughs> we'll clip it for the for the uh, the inauguration of the first world heavyweight champion. Seth yeah, he, he he deserves it. I I I won't speak on the fact that it's happening in Saudi Arabia, but you know he deserves it, and uh, I'll take it how we can get it because he's long overdue. I'm glad that they finally allowed him to say on TV that Roman never beat him because it's been a whole fucking year. Give him his rematch. There it is. Now, Let's go. Now, if Woods can get on TV to say the same thing and not have to do it in what culture interviews, that'd be great too. <laughs> Phil, thank you. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Uh, everyone check out Phil. Check out all of his work. Don't follow him on Twitter, but watch Grub City uh, Saturdays at 12 noon Eastern uh, on YouTube.com. That is Phil Lindsay. Everybody. Thanks, Phil. All right, Joel Pearl. What do we have tonight on Dynamite? What are you looking forward to? Tonight let's get let's, let's get a couple of these super chats out of the way. Caden okay. sends us one in the weeds, but there's no weed. What is this? Uh, my CBD infused diet Pepsi. That's what that is. And I don't, uh, I don't smoke. There it is. And is the Joey Janela video on the list of topics? No, but my interview with Joey Janela certainly is if you go over to youtube.com slash Fightful after you watch the show, because Janela and I had a very confusing chat after the GCW show in Toronto. Did you watch that uh, interview? No, you didn't have to take notes on it. Uh, no, I, I watched the Cardona one because that one popped me. Uh, <laughs> yes. But I, I've not watched the, the Janela one. I did see the video. I wrote an article about the video. I wanted to know how the food tasted. Ed Hogan's I saw, I saw bar in karaoke. He didn't get back to me on that. I'll write an article on just Joey Janela's food review. <laughs> it was so weird watching that. First of all, that video is hilarious. I do have to say, just watching like I didn't realize Hulk and like his girlfriend, wife. I don't know the the, the Scientologist girl are just sitting in the back eating something, and then Knobs is just yeah. chowing down at the other table. And that's very, it's very surreal. <laughs> it's very confusing. I can't stop laughing when I watch. My it. favorite part is when like Janella is you know like oh Tucker Carlson we lost the Great American. It's like let's go Brandon, and you can hear just one guy in the background who's just like oh god, like one guy was not having it at all to the very beginning. I kind of hope that Janella went to that one guy afterwards and was just like just goading him, just go, just continue the bit, just poking the bear. Because that's exactly what Joey would do. He wouldn't go to the guy and be like, "Buddy, it's bit." He would just, no. he would just d- d- keep going. <laughs> It'd be great. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, yeah, Janela. <laughs> the fact that he did that in like the first place uh, years ago to just troll Drake, Drake Wartz, and now just brought it back. It was a good time to bring it back. That's how bless Joey Janela. Yeah, no, that was that was good timing. I think that was. Uh, well done, Joey Janela. You you deserve it for that. Oh my God! All right, uh, where did you want to pick this up? Uh, first of all, thanks Phil Lindsay for joining us, and uh, of course, for some reason, Sean Rossap had to show up again because that's Sean had good insight this day uh, he today. Did. Like he just randomly cold. popping in for no reason. Yeah, just looking disheveled and weird and yeah. fresh out of the bath or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. What is it with this guy? He just he shows just up. wakes up. He just wakes up, he grabs his eggs, and then he jumps on our show for some reason. I mean, is it a fandom thing? Is it like a spidey sense? Thing? Does he wake up and he's just like, in the weeds? And then he just I mean, he up. knows what time the show is. It's huh. not like that's a mystery time. of when our show is airing. That's fair. I guess I guess we do have a good time slot. 
He just wants to come on and yell at me for things that I don't remember saying on this show, which is probably going to get me in a lot of trouble one day. That's fine. I try to kind of control you and put the kibosh on things that go too far. We're, we're okay. We we censor each other as needed, right? Uh, I'm trying to get you fired, so no, say whatever you want. So I have just cause. Yeah, no, that's valid. <laughs> All right, as we start to wrap up, let's talk about Dynamite. There is a lot going on. Before we started recording today, we kind of had to look at each other and be like, what is going on on Dynamite? Because, like, everything else has kind of overshadowed whatever's happening this week. But, like, the main event is Dax Harwood and Jeff Jarrett. Let's go. Cool. (laughs) Tony Khan has an announcement. Sorry, it's now we will hear from Tony Khan. It's always been we will hear from Tony Khan. No, I, I don't. Major announcement. Tony Khan has an important announcement. announcement. Yeah, but they, they, I'm saying for this one, just it, it's just we will hear from Tony Khan. We don't know if it's an announcement. Tony could just be stopping by and be like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to AEW Dynamite tonight, right now on this channel, right here on TBS. Please watch AEW Rampage. It's in an abnormal time slot this week." Due to the, I think so anyway. Uh, yeah, due to the hurting. NBA, yeah. Due to the NBA or NHL playoffs. Thank you for your continued support of AEW. AEW has the best fans in the world. Justified. This is awesome. Chant. That's is that chat, that's, that's Chat GPT doing a doing a <laughs> conversation? That's all, I'm not expecting anything of Will here from from Tony Khan. Usually, if they have an actual announcement, it will be. We have a major announcement. We have a groundbreaking out, whatever. This is just, we'll hear from Tony Khan. Tony the, Khan's just going to speak. This is like the DEF CON. Is it one is the lowest and then five is the highest, right? This don't, is like DEF CON one of the TK yeah, announcements. Don't, don't get your hopes up no. on whatever Tony is about to say. Just He's probably it's just going to say hello. He's going to be like, after the big news about Wembley, we're announcing the Owen Hart Cup, and it's going to be in Canada when we go to Canada this year. Who knows? That would be, honestly, of all the news to come out, I'd probably look forward to that. Not because I'm biased and Canadian, but also because, like, you have a Canadian tour coming up. What a way to bolster sales. Who knows? Could be the game. Could be. Who knows? Nobody knows. We'll see what Tony says. I would like like to see. Speaking of um, speaking of uh, the just hearing from Tony Khan, I would like to see whenever there is a "this is awesome" chant in an AEW match, which is very often. Just yeah. Tony pops up on the screen, just full screen, and he's just like "justified." This is awesome chant, and then he goes away, just like a little, little bit play right there. That's what I want to see Sounds every single cool. time. There's a "this is awesome" chant in AEW. Jake Cargill defends her TBS championship against Taya Valkyrie. Uh, are two Valkyries going to go down in two nights, or is this the rise of Taya Valkyrie tonight? After Lyra Valkyrie that, lost last night on NXT. As I said, was that NXT reference? It was an NXT reference. Also, by the way, I, I, I do want to put over Valkyrie or Lyra Valkyria. I think she's someone that people should be watching because she is a very talented wrestler and a very, just very good at what she does. Go check her out. But yeah, Ty Valkyrie versus Jade for the TBS title, uh, a match that's happening on TBS for the TBS championship. Jeremy, this is big. Is this the end of uh, Jade's run or is it not? Now I think, I think Jade retains in this match. Okay. From <laughs> we'll oh. hear from Tony Khan. Ty cannot use road to Valhalla. That is in okay. the match. 
That is the stipulation. All right. All right. Well, I think uh, Jade Cargo wins. We'll hear from Tony Khan, right? He shows up. <laughs> Got a lot of Tony Khan ideas. He shows up and he's like, so guys see raw <laughs> that's it that's it he's just like you guys you guys you guys see what happened on monday just nothing else he just shows up on screen he says so what do you guys want to talk about but he does it in his tony conway so he's just like jittery and just like yelling what, what do you want to talk about <laughs> i love tony he's the best i i hope I, every week, we just need a Tony Khan segment. Don't care what he does. Just show up and say stuff. That's yeah, all maybe I he's, Maybe he's going to announce the final episode of Dark Elevation airing tonight. Whenever it is. I think it's AW Plus, the Fight no, TV it, subscription. Apparently already it, it aired. It was last night. It was You're right. Best of. Yeah. yeah, Monday. Best so of. Yeah. Maybe that's the end. He's just being like 10 bell salute for AW Elevation. And we have to sit there for the beginning of the show. Justified, this is awesome chant for all the matches on AW Dark Elevation. Uh, Wardlow speaks. Adam Cole speaks. Tony Khan's going to speak. Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen are going to have a match. Uh, That'll be good. It will be, be good. good. Even better than that, I'm looking forward to the international champion Orange Cassidy versus the returning Bandito. Yeah, I don't rule. That's gonna be, that's gonna, that should open the show. Because if there's one thing TK is going to do, it's open the show with a hot Orange Cassidy match. I don't think so. He, he's gone away from that for... Uh... For the past couple of weeks. Yeah, but also he hasn't had Orange Cassidy on the show wrestling for the last couple of weeks. He has. What are you talking about? Orange Cassidy wrestled last week. Singles. Singles competition. Mm. Was he not? Was he in a singles match last week? I don't think mm. he was. My memory is not good on this stuff, but I will that look it up. Buddy Matthews and Orange Cassidy, April 12th, did not open the show. Yeah, we're back on this, though. Orange Cassidy Bandito, that's a match you open with. That's a high-flying match. Orange Cassidy and the Butcher did not open the show. The last two times he's been on Dynamite, singles match, has not opened the show. Okay, so what were the matches before that? Because they all opened the show, and they were all like Lucha-style or Flippy-style matches. Orange Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett did not open the show. Last three times on Dynamite. No, not according to... uh, not according to cage match. I assume they have their match order. Correct. Maybe they don't. don't. All right. What opened the last time instead of orange Cassidy and buddy Matthews, it was Darby and swerve open that show. Yeah. That was a car crash match. That's not nice. Darby could have been (laughs) seriously injured. (laughs) No, he was hit by a truck, not a car. We've been through this. All right. Uh, The trios match opened the show. Um, with butcher yeah, so orange Cass- yeah no, no no orange cassidy opened kind of sort of opened the show he's in the trios match yeah okay uh, last time no the the butcher match what uh jack perry and matt hardy opened the show that ain't no flippy match right there well it is if you're jeff or if you're jack perry i think dax and jeff jarrett opens the show well we'll see darby and darby and sammy are the main event like let's let's be honest darby and sammy are the main event Almost certainly, if not, and, and I guess then the crossover match is Butcher and Blade versus Omega and Takeshita. Yeah, Omega and Takeshita is a good opening match, honestly. Shut the fuck up. I don't anyway, know what that means. I'm I don't know. We're Sadler and Waldorf, apparently. This guy thinks that we hate everything. It's fine. 
Um, Justified. This is awesome. Chant for in the weeds. Let's go. Let's go. That was my favorite introduction of all time. Remember when Tika came out and introduced Giannis to the crowd and just freaked out? Good times. Oh, so good. So <laughs> I gotta good. find the video. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking for the video now. No, 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 no. I misclicked. I was scrolling on something. I misclicked something. That was my fault. Oh, my bad. So good. All right, Jeremy, let's get out of here. Okay, let's bye. Stuff. Let's plug the stuff and then we get out of here. You know how it goes. Uh, what do we have? Um, we go go back and watch Monday shows if you would if you would like. Uh, we had Steve Macklin on the show. That was great. We had Allie Albright on the show. She was great. Those are going to be clipped up and put on Fife Overbooked here shortly. I think Macklin might go up today. And Macklin Allie drops at 3 up. o'clock. Yeah, and Allie goes up tomorrow. We have Indeed tonight with Mike and Reg. Um, we have uh, tomorrow the Allie Albright interview will air if you missed it on Monday. Uh, the Sam Adonis interview will air probably this weekend. Um, we have Coexisting, Rob and Maggie, Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern uh i think i think that's everything spotlight this week which is the main channel thursday tomorrow 9 30 a.m eastern we have jack cartwheel on the show uh that's myself and steven jensen we'll be talking about the, the world of wrestling but jack cartwheel was our interview guest this week so we have that and i think that's everything i don't know don't follow me on twitter i'm just visiting don't follow him it's fine go go watch jeremy on the spotlight on Thursday. And then come join us again on Friday as we get back in the weeds from 10 a.m. Eastern until noon. Once again, thanks to Sam Adonis for joining us and to Phil Lindsay. And of course, yeah, Sean Ross Sapp did a usual run-in. We do appreciate when he's when he gives us some some news and information. That's the best part. If he's just going to come in and eat eggs, well, come on. What are we doing here? Uh, yeah, go subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. We're almost at 14,000 subscribers. Let's get there. We are very close. We're going to get all the way up to 100,000 subscribers by the time we hit In the Weeds 100. Uh, that's when we uh, get Denise Salcedo on the channel. Not really, but maybe let's... Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I am Agile Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, be on the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.